Hey Achievers, this is Maya, founder of Healthy High Achievers. Join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy. Let's get to it. Hey Achievers, welcome back to the Healthy High Achievers podcast. Today we have Amy Nupson on the show and she grew up on a small dairy farm in Wisconsin and she learned to work really hard at an early age. But then at 26, she had her first burnout. So it wasn't until her 40s that she understood why she was working so hard for others. And then through these struggles, Amy Nupson created the Rebrand You coaching program. So using her three C's, it's clarity, courage, and confidence as a basis to help her heal, learn, and grow, she was able to not only find her voice again, but find her true purpose and passion in life. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I want to paint that picture of when you were growing up, that dairy farm, and we all hear those sentences from our family and the people close to us as we're growing up. Those sentences that become more like beliefs later on in life that feel normal to us, like when you learn to just work really hard. So what were yeah. those sentences and beliefs that stuck throughout your life? Well, it's it's interesting when you live on a, a farm, especially a dairy farm, there's animals that are depending on you. So there's no day off. There's no, I don't feel good. You know, it does not matter. You get up, you do it, you do the work, even if you hate it or you love it. You know, it's like, there's no real choice left. I started working on the dairy farm at eight years old, you know, and it starts off small, like you're feeding the cats and you're feeding the dogs and you know, you're small little tasks. And then eventually you're bailing hay and you're, you're working throughout the summer. And I remember people like, Oh my God, it's summer. I'm like, Oh, it's summer. And that <laughs> means way more work. <laughs> like, really? And I hate the heat. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to be sweating. I'm going to be gross. I'm working all summer. I prayed for rain days. Cause I'm like, that means we can't go out into the field. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You know, so it's a different mentality to wake up or to grow up with is like work never stops and work is ultimately important mm. because lives are depending on you. And I didn't understand that was my drive until I was 40 when I realized my clients will not die like <laughs> the animals will if I don't do the work immediately and put every effort I can in to getting it done today. Right. The truth still is the work ends. I'm in marketing and coaching. The work doesn't end. Mm -hmm. It continues. So I had to yeah. learn how to pace myself. So that's where it's kind of similar working on the farm and working as an entrepreneur. The work really never ends. Like there's always more you can do on your business. There's always more you can do on a farm. But the difference is in where you learn to create balance and kind of set those boundaries and realize that, hey, if I don't do this for my client, if I don't respond today or let's say on a Sunday, my client's not going to die. You know, whereas the, the farm animals, they did. <laughs> right? right. You had to be there. You had to be there. And it was a very simple shift of understanding and getting that clarity of why. It drove me so hard because for me, it was 
a never ending to-do list, right? You know, I'm not sure if you do the to-do list, but it's like, I had to finally say, no, today is about me. Mm. I don't feel good. I'm going to take a break or I've already worked eight hours. I'm good. Like I had to give myself permission and learn that that was self-care. Yeah. Before, Cause now we're never we're... Had opportunity. Yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking today it's so different where we're shifting into this space as entrepreneurs of, oh, but you have to feel it and spontaneity comes up a lot and kind of taking care of your body and not pushing yourself, which is the complete opposite of what you were doing on the farm where it was like, doesn't matter if you feel like it, you just do it, right? Exactly. You knew, you never knew when your dad would wake, my dad would wake me up and go, the water burst in the barn, get up, we got to go. And you would be shoveling water and trying to, and you know that the bus is going by you and you're going to miss school. You know, like that just was the reality of what was happening. And you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. It also taught me to be adaptable, Mm. right? So it was a skill I learned very early on, like knowing that I was missing the bus. Like I remember watching the bus go by as I was chasing cows in the field because they had gotten out. And I'm like, great, there goes the bus. I'm going to be late for school, but okay, I'm going to be paying attention to what's going on right now because there's a cow running towards me. You know, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like you had to be present in what was happening, but you had to adjust and you had to realize that you couldn't plan for everything. So even though there was negatives that taught me things on the farm, there was also a lot of really good things that I had to learn early on that really helps me in today's world when things are changing constantly, always. And that a lot of it's out of my control. Yeah. And I was just thinking that as you were talking, I was like, oh, there are a lot of positives too, you know, and then you said it, mm-hmm. it's like you, you learn to go with that flow. And as an entrepreneur, even especially an online entrepreneur, you know, the, the environment is constantly changing. You need to tweak and shift and pivot in marketing too, you know, it's working, what's not working and go with that. So really adapt and flow with that. And also I can see the positive in kind of the working hard in a good way of like, even when you don't feel like it, you're able to show up anyway, which is sometimes necessary. You know, we can't always listen to our body or be like, no, not today. Sometimes we just have to show up. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is the reality of our world. And, and I know how to make sure my deadlines get hit, you know, like, and there are times where like, I just did a project just before this, there was an invoice miscommunication and I had a but I kind of avoiding it. I'm like, oh, I have to write all the, yeah. what had happened and all this information. I'm like, but well, you just got to do it. You know, if I keep avoiding this, it's just going to make a bigger problem. So I've learned from that experience, like you just get it done. Yeah. Even if you don't enjoy And you exactly. don't enjoy every piece, but being an entrepreneur, you cannot enjoy el- every element of it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, there are when things that you tell just- me they do. I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> you know, <like> you just, <laughs> right. There are things you just yeah. got to learn how to do in the beginning when you're contacting people or maybe outbound communication or sometimes the invoicing part and the account is, you know, there are always things and parts that you don't like. But what's interesting <laughs> is that you said that you kind of realized in your 40s that that working hard mentality was so ingrained in you from childhood. How was 
what did you learn the first burnout when you were 26? And how was that kind of different? The lessons from the first burnout when you were 26 versus your 40s and kind of the big, more pivotal moment. Yeah. So when I was 26, I was working for an insurance company. It was my very first job. I was so excited. I wanted to prove myself. Right. And I was very used to working hard. So we got this huge government contract job that we had to produce. I ended up working from 9am to 2am every day for three months. And I got a total, total, including weekends, four days off. One of them was my birthday and I refused to come into work that day. I was like, I'm not coming in. (laughs) I was just like, won't do it. But because of my work ethic, I'd never asked for help. I, I, I could do it. I was willing to put the effort in and I was making minimal wage. I was salary. So I wasn't making any extra money. And the last day of the proposal, I literally was coming in and out of consciousness I was so dehydrated. I was so exhausted that I couldn't finish sentences. I was blacking out in the middle of it. And I remember my father calling me and they sent me home. They drove me home, actually. They wouldn't let me drive. And I remember getting a call from my dad and he's like, your grandfather died. And I had no emotions left. I'm like, okay, when do you want me to come home? I can come home tomorrow. You know, like I was so flat. There was no emotion. Like I had nothing left in me. And I was like, when I look back at it, I'm like, that's kind of sad. Yeah. That I had nothing left to respond to his comment. And I remember being numb even through the funeral because I was so exhausted. Yeah. And that's like, the word that's numb. coming up for me, that numbness, right? Yeah. And I, I'm like, this is not how I want to live my life. This is my very first job at I did this to myself. I allowed them to go past my boundaries. I didn't say no. I kept saying yes throughout the whole process. And I'm like, I did this to me. I allowed them to let me work this long and I could have gone home. And somebody's like, why are you working so hard for them? And I'm like, that's what I thought you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I, when I realized that, that is when I decided I was going out on my own. I had already started working on freelancing and I was like, I'm going to go on my own. If I'm working this hard, I want to be in charge of it. Yeah. And that gave me the realization, like I'm going to, and I have, I've, I've never gone back to the corporate world after that. And every time I have a hard project or a hard conversation I'm thinking it's definitely never as bad as it was at the insurance company I'm like it's my reference point of like it's not that bad it could be that bad again you know I'm like and I have never allowed it to be that way again Mm -hmm. and that helps me keep myself on track but it wasn't until I was in my 40s that again I realized why I allowed that why I never said no And I had to learn as an adult to say no or say, that's great. I can get that project done, but it will take three weeks instead of going, I can get that done. Don't worry. I'll do it as fast as I possibly can. No, no, no. That's not appropriate because it was killing me. And learning to say no, it's so hard and something that many adults just need to learn still a skill that that isn't taught unfortunately when we're kids and so when you were 26 that was sort of like okay that's my zero and I'm never going down to zero again you know that's the point just past my limit 
um, I'm not going there. So that seemed to be like more the what, like the, the limit there. And then in your 40s, you mm-hmm. discovered the why, you know, why did I go that deep? Why did I cross all my limits and my borders? And, you know, why did I push myself into that deep end and that numbness? And you realize, all right, okay, did something, what did, what helped you realize? Were you working with someone? What What was that moment? Do you, if you remember, yeah. you know, where you're like, oh, Oh, I do. <laughs> and well, during 2020, when everything shifted for everybody, yeah, I had decided I wanted to work through a fear of mine, a fear of public speaking. I'm like, I'm terrified of it. So I signed up for this class and became really good friends with the instructor. And I'm like, hey, after taking it, I'm like, I can make this program better. And so I actually joined his team and I started working on you know, how to create this program, helping others find their voice along with finding my own voice. Because one of the other things that marketing did to me was allowed me to stay hidden in the background because I was promoting everybody else's voices, everybody else's business. And I didn't really, along the way, I kind of lost who I was. Like, what do I stand for? Who am I? I had to be so careful because I was always projecting for others. And I was like, no more. I want to know who I am, what I stand for, who am I going to be? And so I started really diving into helping him promote his program, but also developing my own voice. And that's where my three C's started coming into play. When I started looking at my life and the the things that repeated was clarity. I had to have get clarity of self. Took me a full year to figure that out, like really diving in deep. And that allowed me to be courageous and start taking actions into the areas I wanted to go, like that diving into like public speaking, you know, creating a speech for myself. My first speech, I bawled. I mean, it was awful. I mean, it was so bad, but I'm like, I survived it. You did it. (laughs) Yeah. You had the courage. Yeah. And then it led for me to get better confidence in myself. And that's what I really want for all women, especially is the confidence of self to show up in any room you walk into or any Zoom call as yourself and stop adapting to what we think we need to be as we show up because who Mm -hmm. we are are beautiful. And why not just be you in a confident way? And if people don't like it, that's okay. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, that skill of adapting. And it seems to be yeah, mainly amongst women. It's a skill, you know, it's a good thing being able to adapt and go with the changes. And But I see it in myself too, just overusing that skill of adapting. It makes you, I can even remember as a kid, just when I was standing in a circle of kids, you know, just all in the playground, whatever. And I would wait before talking because I had to kind of feel into the vibe of all the kids so I could know what should I say, what's going to be funny to them, what's going to work, <laughs> completely adapting whoever I was just for the group I was with. And I feel like many women have that skill and overuse that skill even today. Exactly. And it's it's great when it's used properly. And it can really hurt us when it's used or overused improperly. You know, like, and I realized I was so out of balance with that. I was adapting in every element of my life and it was hurting me. 
And that is what I learned most about it and going, okay, because I'm adapting all the time. I don't know which direction I'm going in. Right. Do I even love what I do? Like it's, I had to step back and go, what do I love? Who am, you know, who am I going to be? Because I want to be it. Now, because the, because I remember when I started business, I've been in business for 17 years and back in the day they would talk to you like, Hey, you, you look like corporate, you need to act this way. Like it would, there was almost like an underlying guideline of how to run a business. And I love that today they're throwing that all out. <laughs> like, no, you are, you know, share your stories. You know, I'm like, this is great, but I have to undo all that learning. And if we don't pay attention to that, we miss opportunities that show up that we could potentially like change our lives. Yeah. It's like you learn one way of living, being, breathing and doing business. And then you mm -hmm. take what you, what aligns with you, you know, you take from that what you can take, but then following it blindly doesn't feel good. You know, you, you have to throw that all out and then <laughs> start from scratch always but you do have those lessons those past lessons so do you feel okay the entrepreneurial world kind of changed and today it's different it's share your story but I feel like there's still that framework of like let me teach you how to do business and you have to have that freebie and those opt-ins and, and be on social media you know and I I went through that same journey but more with that story of like share your story share I'm like okay I'll share it but I was doing all the things and I was like, I think I need to throw this all out. <laughs> you yeah. all have that, that pivotal moment of like, you know what? No, that's, that is not for me. With some mm -hmm. things you want to push yourself like you did with public speaking. You wanted to push yourself to feel comfortable with that. But then there are those other things that you're like, no, not doing that. What were some of those things for you that you were like, no, that doesn't feel good to me. Like that way of doing business. Well, one of them was, you know, being a, when I started, I was a marketing company, me and my husband run it. And everybody's like, you need to have brick and mortar. You have to have employees. You have to have this, you, you know, you have to win awards and you have to do, you know, all these different things to make you successful. I never wanted a, a brick and mortar store or office. Mm -hmm. Never did. Never wanted employees in my own space. I've always wanted a virtual team you know, even when I first started. So I was one of the first people pioneering into the virtual yeah. teams. If that was back, 17 like years, years ago. ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like, I just never fit the mold. You know, I love traveling. I pick up and I move. And I mean, that was one of the things I stepped into my courage of like, not having a home base. Like I would leave for the winter because it's cold in Minnesota. And I hate the cold. I hate the hot. So I try to find these medium temperature places. Yeah. And so all winter I would spend in either Alabama or New Mexico. Well, just recently I was like, you know what? I can push myself farther. I don't need to be in Minnesota or even in the U.S. What can I do? Yeah. Come to Peru. And I went into Europe. Oh, yeah, exactly. Nice. Like I want to go to Central America. <laughs> that would have been easier because the time zone would have been the same, but yeah, right. I went to Europe for three months and worked and lived there and, you know, went to England, which is great because it's the same language, but then I went mm -hmm. to Portugal. 
Oh, nice. I didn't know Portuguese. Like, I'm like, so it's a whole new world and living in a place where you're the minority. It gave me a different perspective of what that felt like, mm. what that was like to have English be my first language, but the second language that spoke. And I love those opportunities that my business, the way I built it, gives me. If I would have listened to everybody and had a brick and mortar employees, won awards, which we did. And after a while, I'm like, I didn't even submit the awards because I could care less if I won awards or not. It was, it would have changed who I was. It would have changed the company and the lifestyle I wanted to create. So I'm really grateful I didn't listen to them back then and just kind of did my own thing. Even though it was challenging because back then the digital world wasn't ready and set up. Zoom didn't exist. Yeah. You know, like it was a lot more challenging, but it was worth every moment of figuring that out about myself. And, and probably back then you didn't even know that you were like a pioneer in that, in a virtual team. It was just something you felt and you felt like you didn't fit the mold, but you were like, you know, it, it can feel uncomfortable. Like, what is this? And then now- exactly. All those years, fast forward, you're like, well, now this is kind of the norm. <laughs> Everyone's it's doing this like now. Everybody caught up to what I do now. Yeah, yeah but I was first. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that. And and it's it's one of those things where I always say to his personal growth, step into somewhere you're not familiar with. You know, because try to see what somebody else experiences. Because even, you know, like people are like, why do you travel the U.S.? I'm like, because there's always a different culture in different areas of the U.S. True. It's not one culture. And if you don't experience it, you can't understand it. And that's what I love about travel. It gives me huge empathy. And I love being curious about people. I don't know about, I went to Lisbon, loved it, right? But I absolutely hated that there was no trees. Oh, like there's very little greenery. There's trees, but they're in tiny, sparse little areas. And I'm like, I need more green in my mm -hmm. life. I need grass. <laughs> but see, that makes you realize that makes you see like, oh, you know, I'm I'm missing something. What is it? You know, and then you realize, oh, it's the trees. And then again, you not only learn from that culture, those people, but you also learn about yourself of like, okay, so that is important to me because it's really bothering me that there are no trees. <laughs> Exactly. And I think that has to do with growing up on a farm, you know, with a, yeah. like nature all around me. But I also love cities. I love cities that have nature. So I'm learning that difference, you know. And I'm also learning that I'm terrible at languages, like absolutely <laughs> terrible. And I try really hard and awful at it, but it's still something I want to overcome. And how can I do that? And where can I get help? Because obviously I can't learn it on my own. So where can I get assistance to do that next step to adapt more into the environments I'm already in? Yeah, and there's a good way of adapting. You know, when you're traveling, I want to blend in into the cultures and learn their language. And it's using that curiosity, one of those three C's, to open up your mindset, open up to something new. Like you said, if you had that one recommendation, just jump into something that you're not familiar with because it really challenges you to expand and to grow. 
Yes. And, you know, and I'm a big believer, like you don't have to do a giant leap in the beginning, do small steps. Like for me, I went to Alabama for same time zone. Like it's just was straight South of us. That was my first try. And I only went for like three weeks. Second time I went to Alabama again, cause I wanted something familiar. We went for six weeks. So we went for longer, you know, like the third time we went to New Mexico, new time zone, you know, went to the desert, you know, like I went from outside of like trees and that I went that, to that environment, loved it. You know, I'd never thought I would love the des- desert it has its own beauty. You know, those are the things you get to learn. And every time you go to a new place, you have, have to figure out transportations, roads, all these different things. And now when you go to another country, you have to link language and culture. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, I do not want to accidentally, you know, insult somebody. So I'm trying really hard to observe, you know, like what's going on around me. So I can, uh, I can be respectful at the same time. Um, but it's, I mean, going to Europe took me five years to get there, to be brave enough to say, I can do this. And it was easy. Now there was a lot of challenges, but I was able to adapt. I was able to be curious. I was able to be comfortable with myself enough to ask for questions, you know, ask for help. And it wasn't a challenge. Yeah, you did it little bit by little bit. You know, you just went further and further over the years, over a period of five years. And that's so good for so many of my listeners because some people are like, yeah, traveling is great, but Maya, I don't know if I could do what you do just to take that leap from Belgium to Peru. (laughs) I took the crazy big leap, but you don't have to be as crazy as I am. (laughs) You can start small and build it up from there, you know, and build up that courage and then just see where you get always a little bit further, further. And then you felt confident and courageous, right? Enough to end up in Portugal where you didn't speak the language. I didn't. And it was a country I never expected to kind of be. You know, it was never like my number one country to go. It was, it just looked really cool. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, let's go. You know, we went to Norway, we went to England, we went to Scotland, Ireland, and Portugal. Like, so we jumped around too. It wasn't like we just stayed at one spot and every one of them had a different benefit and a different challenge. So are you, were you traveling? your favorite? Yeah. Were you traveling with your husband? Mm-hmm. Yep. We both went and we, we pack up our office equipment and it's literally in a bag. We've figured out how to fit our entire office of two people in one roll cart. <laughs> and we left, you know, it's something we both love to do. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is my husband, Avery and I, we've really worked through our relationship. So we're very comfortable with each other. When we're challenged, we talk about it. You know, we have a very stable relationship where, you know, three months, we never had an argument, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and when you're traveling like that, there's a lot of stressors. It's a good challenge. (laughs) Um, So I'm very lucky and grateful for the work I put into my relationship in order to be in that place. I'm just wondering with that curiosity, that that braveness as well, that courage, that level of courage that you had just expanding over the years, 
And then probably your husband does a different level of courage when it comes to traveling, right? So how did you kind of level that up to decide over the years where you were going or if you were both at that same level of courage to to take the leap to Portugal? You know, how did that balance go? Yeah, and that it's a great question because there were at times where I was ready to go to Europe, but he wasn't. Yeah. And I was Imagine. like, I'm not going to make him go outside of two outside of his comfort zone because I want him to enjoy it because then I enjoy it. It really took us talking about when we were ready. When were we thinking our clients were ready? We also had to set up our business and our clients in a way that they were comfortable with us working in a different time zone. You know, so we had to have the right clients in our um, environment. And some of it was letting some bad clients that we had for, you know, just because you have them, letting them go, building different relationships. Um, Zoom was a huge part of it. You know, it was, now that the world is very comfortable with it, that allowed yeah. us to transition a lot easier. But it's the courage for him was interesting because he watched me. And by watching me, he took bigger chances. He decided like, well, if you you're doing this, I can do this too. And it was really interesting. Like a lot of times he's like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, but you do it just as the same. You just do it your way. Yeah. It's and like sometimes as, as kids, if you're you and someone close to you, a good friend or family member, and you're both standing on that big rock and you want to jump into the water, you know, jump into the sea, whatever. And it's kind of sometimes that friend needs to jump first. And I'm like, if they can do it, <laughs> I'm going to jump too. But you <laughs> need to have that person kind of leading the example. And you were leading by example, really. Exactly. And I was okay with that. And in the past, I always waited. I didn't want to be the leader. I didn't want to stick out. So now I had to shift from that mentality to, okay, if I want change, I have to lead it. I have to be it. And then I can have the change I'm looking for. Like, and it was really all about changing within myself. It was never external, just my life got easier around me, but I didn't focus on that. It was all me. And I think that's where I failed in the past was I was trying to change the environment around me instead of myself. And it never and you worked. Only end it up frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I don't know what happened, but that was yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what I wanted to, you know, what was what I was going for. <laughs> exactly yeah 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 so amy i feel like we could keep talking for hours we're already half an hour in <laughs> but i just wanted to ask you that last question of like today running your business and i know the virtual world caught up with you you're able to have a virtual team now so give us that sneak peek kind of behind the scenes of what is a day-to-day -day look like for you right now and what sort of tools are you using to, to remain balanced and organized? Yeah, it's a great question. So for me, a day-to-day -day is really about, I support my team first, which is a really, I never, a lot of entrepreneurs I do, I, I see and coach, always are like, what do I have to do? What needs to get done? And I'm like, but your team is sitting there waiting for you. 
So my first daily task is like, what is my team waiting for me to give them? What support do they need from me in order to do their job? Because if I don't, it's on me. That's my biggest failure. And then nothing works. So I've built a really good team at communication. And then after that is like, now what's my priority? What really needs my attention? And what am I avoiding? Mm -hmm. What's one thing I've not wanted to do today that I should put in my schedule? And that's my priority because it's fun to do the easy things, you know? (laughs) And it's easy. (laughs) It's easy and fun to do the easy things, but then what are you avoiding? Yeah. And so is that sort of the thing that you do first? I mean, after thinking about your team, you kind of jump into something you really don't like doing? Depending on my schedule. Like if I know I need more time, but I'll actually allot it into my daily schedule. Like, okay, I have a call here and I need to prep for that. But right after this call, after I get done reviewing what I talked about, this is my priority. And I'm not going to end the day until I get this thing done unless, you know, there are times where things interrupt you and you have to take priority, but I don't allow things to keep going. Like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Because then it's always in the back of my head, nagging me and bothering me. And then I can't sleep. So I've learned from my sleep cycle. I need to let go of those things by getting them done. And then the tools I use as a sauna, like me and my team, we use a sauna. So like, it's a virtual, you know, to-do list, but, but it allows me to share with them what I'm doing and what they're doing with me. So I don't have to like bug them constantly. Like, did you get this done? We use Slack for communication because emails get lost, texts get lost. So Slack is a huge part of our daily life. And, you know, then I have all the kind of the other basic stuff, but Zoom I mean, I've been a Zoom user for years. I don't know what I do without it. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's since the pandemic that Zoom is like a must-have. That's exactly. what connects us it's... to the world right now. <laughs> exactly. And but yeah, that's kind of my background of what I do. And sometimes, you know, it's sales. And I'm like, today is a sales day. And I make it more a theme. Like, this is what I'm gonna do. Tomorrow's for me, tomorrow I'm writing. I'm writing all my um, content and it's interesting as the world changes and tools change, your need for your team can change and letting that go, you know, is really kind of hard sometimes. Like I used to have a writer and I'm like, no, I need to write my own, but I do need somebody to put everything together, like, and manage my social media and just they're basically scheduling everything and monitoring, but I'm writing all the content myself. And because I needed my voice to be heard who I am. Yeah, instead of having someone else write it for you and just sort of see, okay, what do I need to get into that flow of writing to get into the creation mode? What will help me? You know, for me, for example, I need someone like the person, my assistant who schedules my posts also gives me the initial idea sometimes of like, hey, how about we do this kind of reel or how about we do and just someone because I'm much of an implementer, but I need the ideation. I just need someone to bounce ideas off of t- or tell me or oh, this or that. And then I'm then I'm on it, you know, but just knowing what you oh, yeah. need to be on a roll <laughs> and write your stuff. And that, 
And I think that's part of growing up as an entrepreneur is really understanding what you need to, to be supported, to be successful, because I paint, but I can't start with a blank canvas. My husband has to create a background. I'm like, I don't care what it looks like, what color it is, as long as it's not white. And then Mm -hmm. I can paint, you know, and knowing that is the same kind of thing with my writing. Sometimes I have to have a verbal conversation with somebody. I'm like, got it. You know, it can be 10 minutes and I'm like, perfect. I got the whole month in my head now. Yeah. Knowing what we need and not being afraid to ask for help in those situations so that you can succeed easier instead of just sitting there going, here's a blank. When I have a blank piece of paper, I'm like, <laughs> just there sometimes same thing with the canvas. I'm like, uh, someone give me an idea. <laughs> yeah. Same, very similar. And it's really individual, you know, it's different for everyone. So I have a client who needs that blank canvas because he's very creative and then there's a lot of ideas flowing around. And when we give him a structure, when I'm like, oh, you know, make content for that thing or that, he freaks out because it's like there's already a structure and he can't let his creativity flow wherever it wants to flow in that moment. So for him, it's like creation first and then let's see what we do with it. (laughs) Whereas more you and I, we need kind of that framework. We need a background, like literally for your painting, or we need some sort of bullet points or, or just guidelines to then there's something on that piece of paper already so that we can dive in and build on that. Exactly. And that's why it made me a good marketer because they already had a foundation, just had to ask the right questions. Nobody's asking me the questions, right? When I'm doing it myself. Right. So that's what I learned. I get somebody to ask me the questions. And True. that's, I think, the difference of growing as an entrepreneur is doing it your way, learning how you learn. How do you enjoy doing it? I need to write in the mornings. If I try to write in the afternoon, nope. I'm going to rewrite everything the next day. So why waste my time in the evenings? And the one thing it taught me in England too is, or in Europe, I don't have to work eight hours a day to get what I need done. Right. I mean, that (laughs) was a big one. Finally broke that work mentality of like working nine to five every single day. Like I found out I could get so much done in five hours when I was super focused because I wanted to go outside and explore. So exactly. I got my work done. <laughs> and you get the same things done. It's that quality that you can get into. I know during the pandemic, there was no, there was a curfew and there was no social life. So I would sleep super early and then I would start working at like seven and then work until, what was it? 12, one. And I was done. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I did everything I wanted to do for the day. And then I had my afternoon to read and learn and whatever I wanted to do hobbies or for you when you're traveling just explore walk around Europe and you realize hey I actually you're more focused on the things that truly matter in your business and it doesn't take eight hours to do that honestly it really doesn't especially when you have the right people in the right place Mm -hmm. and you trust your team it's amazing how much we fill our schedules with yeah and avoiding things or thinking of yourself in a negative way or avoiding something, how much mental space that takes and then it exhausts you. And I just Absolutely. learned like, I'm not allowing that anymore because I get nothing accomplished. And then I just, my self-confidence just starts to dwindle. And I'm like, Oh, 
no more. Now, that like sea of confidence am. has to stay there. You know, it's an important one. It has to. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, it's Amy, important. honestly, I feel like we could continue for hours. But I love this chat today just to talk about that work ethics and the way we think about being an entrepreneur, what it think, what we think it should be and what it actually is, and kind of that journey to more balance and doing it your way. It's really that self-discovery of how do I work best, you know, or how do I, what works for me instead of trying to fit into that mold, like you beautifully said. So thank you so much, Amy, for today. And lastly, where can people find more about you? And what are you working on right now? The best way to find me is rebrand you coaching. And that's all about my three C's. And I help people in marketing or I help people find what really matters to them because, and then their stories, right? The stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're different. The stories are important and that's what I truly love and taking those stories and applying them to marketing, applying them to our life, applying them to our business. Because if we aren't listening to the stories that we say to others or to ourselves, where can we go? And so I just, it's, that's what I'm doing. Rebrand You Coaching came about because I needed to find my own voice. And that was the process I went through and I would never go backwards from that point on. I'm so grateful. I put the effort. It took me three and a half years to figure it out. Every year made such a difference. I would have never got to Europe without it. Yeah. I've never been brave enough to do it. Right. So I'm working on a fear challenge, you know, like what's stopping you? Why is it stopping you? What's the story you're telling yourself? Because I don't want to live a life in fear anymore. And I know that life isn't perfect. There's plenty of challenges, but I can move through them. And that's what I want for other people to realize too, is what do we want? What do you want? And how do you want to get it? And do you really want it? If you do, you'll make a, you'll make it work. Yeah. And sort of knowing that fear is something that you can work through. You know, it's not something that will stay with you your whole life. You can actually be more brave every year. In five years' time, you're in Europe, you know? So step by step, you can work through the fear. And so I will make sure to put your links in the show notes. I definitely want to follow up on you. And hey, if you do ever come to Peru, <laughs> if you want to see Machu Picchu, <laughs> please let me know. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere oh, for a while. <laughs> I would love that. I, I've always wanted to go to South America so bad, but I was like, where do I go? It's so large. You know, like, yeah, there, there's so much to do. <laughs> right. There is so and... much to do, even just within Peru, this one country that is huge. It has kind of like the size of Europe. <laughs> so there's so much to see within one country. So they'll have to choose. But I think a good place to start is Cusco Machu Picchu. <laughs> I will look it up because that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see you here, Amy. And I love to stay in touch. Take care. Take care. Hey, Achievers. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did recording it. Please, please, please subscribe and review my podcast. It would mean the world to me. See you in the next episode.